6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, saying that there is a clear lack of leadership and support from the Alberta government, a group of area doctors is coming together to help tackle the ongoing opioid poisoning crisis in Edmonton. The Opioid Poisoning Committee has been formed by the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association. Now, here's the deal. On average, about four Albertans are dying each day from drug poisoning. Between January and May of this year, 576 Albertans died of opioid poisoning last year. A total of 1,154 Albertans died from opioid poisoning. We've been talking about it for a long, long time now. Not a whole lot seems to be getting done. Dr. Janetta Salvalaggio is the co-chair of the Committee of Family Doctor and Associate Professor at the University of Alberta. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, so um, the organization saying that there is a clear lack of leadership and support from the Alberta government. This is an emergency that cannot continue to be ignored so what does this organization plan to do right so i mean first first out of the gate we really just want to uh you know recognizing that we still have COVID on our hands just remind people that this is an ongoing public Mm -hmm. health emergency that cannot be ignored so that just you know shifting some of that focus towards understanding that this is just as big an emergency um uh, you know setting aside any you know differences um and just rolling our first sleeves and and looking at how do we save patient lives um you know, we're, you know, our guiding principles are, are to really listen to people who are living this moment. So spending some time consulting with people who, who are living this out, um, being really data driven, uh, looking at evidence informed information. And so reviewing what are, what are the best recommendations out there? Um, and then just raising that public awareness getting the word out what can you do in your community for example mm. um you know what are some some key interventions that could save save people uh today what do you i mean you know raising awareness getting people talking informing people uh teaching people about what's going on seems like it it should just be happening it seems like it's a it's a no-brainer why do you think it's not happening well, I mean, I, I recognize that sometimes there's, you know, there's also obviously quite a few distractions right now. Yeah. Um, I think, though, too, uh, sometimes people are just, uh, if, if they, people don't don't realize how close to home it is. Um, people think it belong it, it belongs in the wheelhouse of somebody else, that it, mm. it's not happening to people in their community, and nothing could be further than the truth. This is happening everywhere. It's disproportionately affecting some communities, mm-hmm. um, but it is happening everywhere and to everyone across, across all walks of life. You you, you talked about um, listening to people and sitting down, talking with people, listening to people who are living this right now. What what are you hearing from them? Um, I'm hearing that, uh, you know, what services we did have or seem to be stripped away, um, you know, that there are fewer services in a time of COVID when really there should be more. Um, people are in need of more uh, of expanded services. We need to reinstate services. So those are, those are some of the things we're seeing. Um, just the just the just the willingness um, of, of of people in in a position to make policy change to start listening to um, some solutions on the ground, and that and that includes uh, you know for example 
decriminalizing people's lives a little bit and 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 and, and not not uh, taking a, a punishment approach mm. uh, and recognizing that there is no one-size-fits-all treatment solution for any given person you know what doctor I, I think that there's um, there's a lot of folks that maybe don't realize how big of an issue this is in Edmonton in Alberta actually in in, in the better part of, of Western Canada without a doubt um, and and as you said until it happens to someone they know or uh, someone in their family, it tends to go under the radar. Mm-hmm. It yeah. absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's just it's just a matter of just really normalizing the conversation, and, and I think destigmatizing it as well, and just just recognizing that it's you know uh, you know there's some pretty hurtful language. Um, people just assume it, 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 it's not someone like them, and mm-hmm. um, people people would start speaking about this differently if they understood that it, it you know we're all connected to this. So we know that the Edmonton uh, Zone Medical Staff Association also put together the uh, the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic committee, kind of along the same reasons as, as why this committee has been put together. I, I'm curious to know the relationship. You know, you, you're saying that you want to recommend short and long-term strategies to the public and the government to help uh, to, to try to make change. Um, I'm wondering what that relationship has been like, and I know that this committee has just been struck recently, but I'm wondering um, what that relationship has been like between these groups and and the government, and if you feel that uh, there's there's an open door to conversation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have, have, uh, you know, asked that question. (laughs) I mean, it's... You know, it, it's not like the channels have been closed. It's been a different relationship recently. Um, you know, I think there were more open doors before, to be fair. We are concerned about policy shifts. Um, but, I mean, we are happy to, ha- to to speak with anyone who wishes to speak with us and partner with us, to be honest with you. If there are some people who um, prefer not to speak with us at this point in time, then we'll, we'll speak with the electorate. You know, we'll speak with the public and we'll ask them to speak with their elected officials, officials and, uh, you know, hold them to account and, and, and start asking for change. What would success be for, for this committee? Oh, dear. I mean, we're not going to single-handedly, um, you know, stop the mm-hmm. drug poisoning crisis. What I would like to see is at least a, a, a stabilization of what's going on. And a re- the low-lying fruit for me would be just a reinstatement of the services that have been lost mm-hmm. over the past year um, and a willingness to look at uh, more comprehensive tr- strategies. Doctor, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for joining me on 630 Chad. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. That's Dr. Janetta Salvalaggio, who is the co-chair of uh, the Opioid Poisoning Committee from the uh, for the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association. She's a family doctor and also an, uh, an associate prof over at the University of Alberta. So coming together, just, you know, trying to brainstorm, come up with ideas, and, you know, if even possible, maybe uh, some solutions uh, to, to deal with the opioid crisis. And, and and we've we've talked about it on this show. I know Shay's been talking on his show, and um, you know certainly on you know Daryl on on, on, the, on the morning show as well. But it's it really has gone you know under the radar. 
um, or under the wire, uh, I, I think because of, of COVID, right? Obviously, there has been, I mean, COVID has sucked the air out of the room in such a huge way that a lot of other things um, are, are happening that uh, just maybe aren't getting the attention that they deserve. And again, I'll go back to the other side as well. I think that when it comes to uh, opioid poisonings or drug poisonings, the issues that we are seeing in this city right now, um, that and we, and we talked about when we had that woman on last week whose whose daughter um, overdosed in you know what early 40s, and and she she told us you know how it started for her family and how and how it ended uh, for for her family, and I think again there's a lot of folks that just don't think oh it's not happening in my neighborhood. You know, that just only happens downtown and only happens to those kind of, you know, those communities. And that's, you know, in fact, not, uh, that's not the truth. And uh, so we need to open our eyes to that. I did like the idea of just, you know, hey, the public awareness, getting people talking, getting people aware of things. You know, I look at, you know, naloxone kits and the fact that you can get free naloxone kits at, uh, at different pharmacies and you know my husband and I have talked about it over and over again about about having something like that uh, on hand and and we just haven't got around to doing it you know we've talked about it you know it's definitely on our radar but we just haven't got around to doing it uh, but I'm seeing more and more people doing it which I think is a really really good thing you know you get yourself trained on it make sure you know how to use it and uh, in case in case there's that, you know, once in a whatever that uh, you might need it and you might need it to save somebody's life, then boom, you know how to do it. And uh, yeah, it's not going to cost, it's not going to cost you anything, to be honest with you. Um, we'll, we'll keep you updated on this. This story, I mean, obviously COVID is not going away. Uh, the, the opioid crisis in this country, in this province is not going away. And you can sit there and go, oh, you know, my gosh, you know, I wish they'd stop talking about it. But but these are two crises that, that need to continue to be addressed and need to continue to find ways to um, make better, get out of, move forward from. And it just it's just not a matter of clicking your heels together and wiggling your nose and, you know, tickety-boo, you're good as gold. Doesn't happen that way.